This is Indie Business Podcast, Season 1, Episode 4. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Indie Business Podcast. I am your host, mentor, and coach, Donna Maria, the founder and CEO at IndieBusinessNetwork.com. My goal is to help makers and handmade entrepreneurs build a solid business platform, increase your income, and use your business to create the life you love. On this episode, I will introduce you to Stacia Guzzo of the Handcrafted Honeybee and Tehachapi Farms in Tehachapi, California. This is a great episode for anyone wanting to put on their big maker panties and take the bull by the horns when it comes to video. Now, you know, I'm big on video and I encourage all of my members and clients to use it. This causes some people to quake in their boots a little bit, but after you hear Stacia and I discuss her approach, I bet you'll be ready to tackle it. And let me just say that as an entrepreneur, you've really got to embrace video. As the world becomes more filled with small business owners, there's a lot of noise out there, and you've got to cut through it. And there's no better way to do that than with video. Stacia actually leads two companies, and one of them is a finalist in the 2014 Martha Stewart American Made Contest. So you'll want to make sure you learn about how that works and learn how you can vote for her. She also shares some great social media tips at the end, so be sure to stick around and snap those up. You can get a summary and the resource links for this episode at IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash four. I'll be right back with Stacia Guzzo. Well, hello there, Stacia Guzzo of the Handcrafted Honeybee in Tehachapi, California. How are you today? Hi there. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Where Where are we talking from? Where are you right now? So right now I'm sitting in my home studio that's adjacent to um, our house, and I do all of my production out of here. And like you said, we live in Tehachapi, California. It's a little rural mountain town uh, sort of in the southern part of central California. Now, Stacia, one of the exciting things that's going on with you right now is you are one of the finalists in the Martha Stewart American Made Contest for 2014. Tell us about that. Yes, we are thrilled about this. It's uh, it's really been an amazing ride. Um, so the Martha Stewart American Made Contest is basically a competition that celebrates makers, as a lot of your listeners know. And at the beginning of September, we were informed that we had become finalists in the competition. We're in the style category. And um, and so I decided I wanted to hit the ground running uh, this competition and to win. It would really change our lives. It would be just a game changer for our business, for our family. So I was going to go all in. Um, so what I decided to do was I started writing all of the local papers. I started calling all of the local news stations. Um, we even made a video that incorporated all of our local, well, probably five or six local businesses um, to help get the vote out. And we put that up on YouTube and that's been sharing all over the place. And at, currently, as of last night, we were seventh out of, I think it's something like, <clears throat> excuse me, something like 936 makers. Wow. So you really went the extra mile. And this really shows the power of social media. It is very, very powerful to get the message out. And, uh, and it's been absolutely a learning process as I've been going. Well, and not only social media, but the, the local angle as well, because I'm, I'm sure 
um, if you if you were to look at where those votes are coming from, since you reached out to the media, uh, they're probably concentrated in your own backyard. I think that that's true. Um, I, I will say that I have spent the last four years or so being in business in general, cultivating relationships with local businesses, um, both on a personal level and on a professional level. So it wasn't like this happened overnight that um, that I went in and just asked them cold to support me. A lot of them have become friends of mine and, and supporters of both of my businesses. So I think in that sense, developing local relationships has really paid off because when I went in and asked them to take part in the video, all of them just said, of course we will, because because it's it's part of our relationship, our ongoing relationship, and that was really cool. I love that you mentioned that. It really points out the importance of digging your well before you need some water. That is so true. It's a great way of putting it. Well, and you know, it, it's amazing that, that we all really have to learn how to do that. And it's tough sometimes to do that, Stacia, because you, you of course, you hope it's going to pay off, but there's no guarantees in entrepreneurship. And at the end of the day, you can end up with some great relationships. And that's always valuable in life. But the business doesn't necessarily work out just because of that. That's true. And I think that from my perspective, when I started developing those relationships, it, it wasn't actually with a business in mind. Mm -hmm. It was because I, I felt like it was important just in general to support our local economy and mm -hmm. support our local entrepreneurs. We live in a small town and a lot of people are have have single shops. And so for me, it, it felt like, you know, I wanted to support them no matter what. But as I grew in my business, it was something that that you know, I continue to cultivate those relationships and say, hey, I'm also in business now and I would love to be able to support you. Would you mind supporting me? And so the relationships evolved from a personal level first and foremost. Well, and Tehachapi sounds like a, a cute town. Tell me a little bit about it. What's the population? It's, it's an interesting town because the city proper... <clears throat> has only about um, 10,000 people, but we're so spread out. We have a big valley that's adjacent to the city. I actually don't even live in, in the city proper. I live just outside in the county um, area. And that surrounding area, we have uh, between 35 and 40,000 people. So we all consider ourselves Tehachapians. <laughs> and, uh, and it's a great little town. You, it's big enough that you don't know everybody when you go out, but small enough that you usually do see one or two people that you know when you go out. Now, Stacey, you have two brands, and we're going to talk about both of them, but let's start with the Handcrafted Honeybee. How did that start, and what is it exactly? So Handcrafted Honeybee, basically, we sell do-it-yourself beauty and skincare kits. Um, we try to take all of the guesswork out of DIY. And it makes it really easy for both people that have never had any experience making skincare and also people that have experience but want to try things maybe that they haven't tried before. It helps them to make fun products easily. Like we offer a lip balm kit, a deodorant kit, a, a clay mask kit, and um, it helps them to completely customize those kits. They can, they can add things on. They can do the flavors and colors that they want. Um, it's a really easy process for somebody who wants to delve into the DIY arena. And it comes with all of the ingredients that are pre-measured as well as the recipe? 
Yes, so all of the ingredients are pre-measured and packaged um, according to what the recipe will be. So there's no measuring necessary. And I include full color instructions. I include, um, I'm starting to include videos. I've only done the lip balm kit so far, but I'm going to be doing videos for every kit. Um, and I also include um, if they need pipettes or if they need mini scoopers or plastic spoons, stirring sticks, things like that. I include that and I include all of um, the packaging that they would need, either lip balm tubes or deodorant tubes, things like that. Now, Stacia, what do you use to do your videos? What, what's your setup there for that? Because I, I saw that video for the lip balm. It was the lip balm, right? It was so yeah. great. And then, Thanks. so you're really like taking the video world by storm. So, so tell us what you use to create the video for the products. Well, so this has also been a learning process for us because we don't really have any background in this. So we're learning as we go. But I did know early on that I wanted something that was very important to me for both of my businesses. Um, I wanted very quality, high quality uh, product photos and I knew that video was going to be an element down the line even if I wasn't ready at the time so one of the investments I decided to make was in a high-quality DSLR camera that had a very good reviews for video so I use a DSLR Canon camera for the videos and for the product shots um, but I don't I don't think that's necessary for your starting point but for me I knew early on that that was just something that I wanted to invest in so I use that to shoot and then um, for the editing software I use Final Cut Pro on, on uh, my Macintosh and that's one of the things that um, has made it really easy for me to do some of the effects that you see on the videos the transitions and things like that um, and for like for the voting video I recorded all of the music myself and so I also used GarageBand on the, the um, on my Mac but I don't think that all of that stuff is necessary for your point of entree I'm you can if you want you can go whole hog like I did but honestly I think that if you have an iPhone or an iPad or any sort of digital you know recording device that you can use your phone you can use anything like that um, a flip I think that you can use that and you could use something really easy. iMovie is a good way to edit. Um, Animoto, I've talked about that on the Indie Business Network. Animoto was really the way that I dipped my toes in because you don't even have to record anything to make a video. You can just use your still shots and you can incorporate still shots and music that they provide and text and get your first video out there without ever having to shoot video or have your face on the camera. And that might build your confidence as you go. Animoto also can incorporate video too, so you could record maybe five seconds of video and um, incorporate that with other still shots. And that's sort of, you build your confidence that way. I think that would be a great way for somebody who hasn't done it before. I love that you mentioned the importance of building your confidence. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, sort of kind of wait until the confidence is built and then give it a try. And it's kind of like, it works the other way around, right? You, you try it and you build yeah. your confidence by really by screwing it up a few times and then, <laughs> and then finally getting it the way you want it, right? I think that's so true. And you, one of the things for me that was holding me back because I bought this camera, I don't know, probably eight months ago with the intention of getting started right away with video. And I held myself back for so long because I wanted it to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And I kept waiting until I had the perfect script or the perfect whatever to make the video of my dreams and I realized at some point that if I didn't just do it, just start and do something, that I was never going to 
get it done. So I actually, the my very, very first thing where I put my face in front of the camera, I just recorded it with my computer um, camera. And I put it out there just, I, I made a little something for people to see that um, saying, you know, this is what's coming down the line. It's actually up on our YouTube channel still. I should take it down because I'm a little embarrassed. But this is what's coming down the line and this is what we're doing. And I put it out there for people that I know to critique it. And one of the things that they said, even though I felt so self-conscious that I was putting myself out there like that, it was really good feedback. Because one of the things they said was, you're not putting enough of yourself into it. We can tell that you you seem like you're putting out there what other people want to see instead of putting yourself out there. And so I took that feedback and decided, you know what, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And that's why the videos that you've seen that I've done recently, the voting video and the lip balm tutorial and the other videos we'll have coming down the line, that's why you see them with me acting silly and doing funny jokes and just being a goof because that's who I am. So if you're going to just start somewhere, start, put it out there to trusted people you know, get some feedback, don't take it personally, mm -hmm. and then be yourself and be authentic in it and and give it a go. And I, that's the best way to get started, I think. I love that you said that because people really do want want to know you. So so tell us about the box. I mean, how does the box work? Is it a subscription box? Or do we just buy boxes a la carte? Tell us a little bit about how, how that works. Yeah, so uh, right now, Handcrafted Honeybee, we don't do a subscription yet. That's probably going to come down the line in that in uh, some model. But right now, all of the boxes are a la carte. Um, we have we have a lot of full-size boxes. I think eight boxes are up on the, the website right now, um, as well as a build-your-own-box option. So if you have a recipe that you want to try, but you don't want to buy um, ingredients that you don't have in huge bulk, you could build your own kit, basically. Um, and then we also have, we offer mini kits, or we're going to be, that's one of the things I'm going to be introducing um, this month, is that we're offering sort of small size, so people, if they want to try doing five lip balms or just two deodorants instead of going whole hog about it, they can, you know, get their feet wet that way. So that's what we have, the model that we have right now. Um, and one of the reasons that I decided not to do a subscription box just out of the gate is because I knew just from my perspective that the way that our business works with only eight kits so far, and we're adding new ones all the time, but I knew that it wasn't for me a sustainable option to offer something new every single month um, and keep it up over years at a time. Maybe down the line we'll be able to do that, but right now with just me being the the sole production recipe maker, <laughs> um, I knew that I I couldn't come up with with something that quickly and get all the supplies I would need and turn around. I wanted to make sure it was a really quality product, so. That's one of the reasons why we decided to hold off a little bit on the subscription. Um, but but I think that there are many different models. And for people that already have the ability to put things in subscription boxes, it's a great model to have. And that's so so we're developing what will work for us. And down the line, we'll have something that will that will build in some sort of subscription, I think. That's such such smart thinking. And, you know, it shows that we all have options. Right. And there's no one way to do anything and you can start one way and then you can transition to another. And I, I love that aspect of entrepreneurship where you can, you know, just really sort of tweak things as you go and uh, move forward without having like a plan that's like, you know, 
like in a big, huge binder with a three wing <laughs> notebook and pie charts and stuff. I mean, not that you don't need a plan. And obviously you have one, but it's it's not so rigid that you can't change or not, depending on, you know, how things go. Flexibility is so important in this business in, in any sort of entrepreneurial endeavor, I think. So you have another another company too. So you've got the handcrafted honeybee, which is the boxes. I love the mini kits, by the way. That sounds so cute. And then so so Tehatcha Bee Farm. That's another business. Tell us about that one. Tehatcha Bee Farm was our original business, um, and it's still going strong. We started Tehatcha Bee Farm about four years ago, and it started because we're hobbyist beekeepers. And with our first honey harvest, we had some leftover wax. And so I wanted to figure out what to do with the wax. And um, and so we had this wax. I actually ordered a lip balm kit online from another um, company because Handcrafted Honeybee was a twinkle in my eye. And, uh, and I made this lip balm. And all I'll say about it was it actually left uh, something to be desired in my experience, just the packaging and the instructions and the actual product that it made. But it was a gift in disguise because... I wasn't, because I wasn't satisfied with the product that I made, it got me interested in, in trying out different recipes. And so it sparked that passion in me. I decided to buy a few different ingredients, try a few different things. And eventually um, I ended up with a lip balm recipe that, that a little farm stand down the road wanted to start carrying. And, uh, and over fast forward, you know, three or four years now, the business has blossomed. I have four local wholesale accounts. Um, I sell lip balms and lotion bars and deodorants and salves. Um, my biggest seller is actually the deodorant, and those have taken off. I'm selling those all over the country every single day, um, which is really exciting. So that's that's really where Tatchaby Farm is one half of my heart in this business and handcrafted honeybee is the other half. And I think the two of them are complementing each other very nicely, even though it, they definitely have a very different audience for each one. Now, Stacia, how, how challenging is it to manage full force two completely separate brands as one CEO? <laughs> Um, it, it is definitely challenging. It's not something that I planned to do. Originally, I had planned on having the kits just as something to Hatchaby Farm offered until I realized that it was a, a fairly different customer base. And, um, and so I knew that the branding was going to have to be different. But by the time I had started making the kits and selling them initially through Tehachapi Farm, I had already fallen in love with the process. So there was no going back. And, and so <laughs> the two ended up splitting. And, and the, I think one of the biggest challenges for me is, um, is branding to those two different audiences mm -hmm. because I, I have to put myself in two different mindsets when I'm speaking to my customers. So that, that really has been the biggest challenge for me. The making of stuff is, is not that hard because it, I just work it into my production line. But mentally switching back and forth between the two different customer bases sometimes proves to be challenging, especially on a social media level. Now, speaking of challenges, you have young children. And so, um, so you have, I, I love, by the way, everyone, you have got to see the video that Stasia did with her to hatch a B to residents, um, and other entrepreneurs and business owners there. Um, we'll tell you how to get to that at the end of the podcast, but 
you have incorporated your young son into that video and he was adorable let me just say but um but you know that's what i see in a two second clip oh my goodness that's wonderful but it, it's got to be again a challenge i mean i have two young children too so tell us a little bit about your best tips for moms who are entrepreneurs sure. who are doing yeah. all this yeah so yeah, I have um, I have two sons. One is three, and one just turned two. And the one that you see being a ham in my both my lip balm tutorial and in in the the vote video is my older one. Um, and they are vivacious and very very active young boys. And so I knew early on that um, I had my work cut out for me if I was going to to also basically be a full-time stay-at-home mom, a full-time work-at-home mom, um, you know, a president of two companies. And so one of the things that I had to decide was, do I do I incorporate my children from an early age into the business or do I make it a separate thing? And what has worked for me has been incorporating them as much as I can. The two-year-old is a challenge um, because he doesn't understand as much yet. But I, I started with when the three-year-old, he's now almost four, um, when he was younger than my youngest son right now, I started incorporating him into the process and I know that over time it has paid dividends because he wants to participate in things like those videos because he puts on aprons and says, mom, I want to make lip balm with you today. Things like that. Um, incorporating him into farmer's markets, he'll come for, you know, 30 minutes at a farmer's market and I'll pay him two quarters and I'll say, your job is to wave at people as they're driving by to try to get their attention. Or your job is to, I'm going to give you a lip balm and you're going to demonstrate to customers how to put one on. And, uh, and so incorporating them into the process as much as I can, you know, they don't actually make product and they don't actually package anything, but I'll give them some stickers, for example, some labels that misprinted, and I'll give them some containers that I wasn't going to use because they got damaged. And I'll tell my son, hey, would you mind putting these labels on, on the, this package to make him feel like he's doing something as well? Um, so I think that that's part of it. I think uh, another thing that I do is I tell them all the time about the dream for our business. I'll say, do you remember our dream? Our dream is that we're going to build this business so that daddy and I can work together every day with you. Um, and, and we can, we can all do this together as a family. So we talk about that. And then on the flip side, I also make sure that I have time that's dedicated time to them. The phone is put away there. I will not check my emails. You know, the social media stuff is on hold. And I make sure that this is the time that we're going to build our towers or that we're going to color this, you know, project or mm -hmm. we're going to do this so that they feel like I have time with them. And then I'd say the last thing is having a strong support system. Mm -hmm. I don't do this alone. Um, my husband is a huge support for me. My parents live three hours away, but they still support me. I actually have um, a, a homeschooled intern. She's 17, and I have her that she, she comes one to two days a week amidst having a full-time job and being in her senior year of high school. She'll come, and she helps me to ship and package things. She learns about the business, and she helps to watch the kids if I'm doing something like pouring hot wax or something like that. She's the one that, that helps me in those moments so that there's never any mixing between, um, you know, having the kids around and me doing production. So I think it's a lot of things combined um, that, that make it work. 
it's not just one silver bullet that can help you be both a mom and an entrepreneur at the same time. You have to kind of hit it at all angles, but it is possible. It's absolutely possible. Well, and I, I love that you mentioned all those tips that you shared are just super. And, um, you know, as a mom myself, I, I, I kind of know what that's like. I want to come to the farmer's market and have your son wave at me. I hope I can do that before he gets too old. It's so funny. Like, my husband and I have been kind of training our kids along those lines as well. They're, they're 10 and 12 now. And uh, just recently, we started to um, you know, pay them a certain amount of right. specific money and giving them a requirement that they had to work an right. hour a week in the business. And you know what they said immediately? How can we get overtime? <laughs> they wanted to know how to get overtime. And I thought to myself, awesome. no, I guess, I guess maybe we're doing something right because yeah, <laughs> I absolutely. want them to be able to, you know, get as much as they can if they're in an employment situation. But my goodness, absolutely. I was like, well, absolutely. okay, well, let's just start with minimum wage first. Okay. And then we'll move to, to overtime <laughs> well, later. But I love that you mentioned that because it's so important for us, if we are parents, you know, moms or dads to instill these entrepreneurial principles in our kids because their world is just it's just very different from the one yes. you know 10 or 20 years ago and you could just put a resume out and have a job in a few weeks you you won't be able to do that anymore we you ba That's you so barely true. can do it now but certainly when they're older unless things change they're going to have to create something of their own even if they have a job that's so true. And and I think it's important early on to not instill in them a dislike of the business because it mm. takes mom or dad away. So by incorporating them into the business in small ways, they learn that being an entrepreneur is a good thing. It's not something that takes mom or dad away from them right. and then it has a negative connotation. Right. I love that. Connecting the positives that you get out of the flexible lifestyle that you mentioned. And I'm so excited for you having your husband come to be able to work with you and your sons. I know looking forward to that. That's, that's just really wonderful inspiration. So thank you so much for sharing that. Stacia, what are your favorite social media marketing outlets for your businesses? And do you use one, uh, do you have a different system for one than the other because you have different audiences? Sure. Yeah. Well, so this is an evolving thing for me because it absolutely <laughs> takes me outside my comfort zone. Um, it, it may not be obvious, but I actually am an introvert. You wouldn't know from looking at my videos, but I am an introvert. So putting myself out there on a daily basis and all these social media channels, um, is one of the bigger challenges for my business. I find that for me, I use Facebook the most. Um, I'm learning more about Instagram and I really like how Instagram int integrates with Twitter because I have a hard time keeping track of everything. <laughs> um, and I know that for us, one of the biggest platforms going into 2015 is going to be YouTube. I just, for me, video is, I think that it's such an important outlet for people to grasp. And one of the reasons is this, because pretty much anybody can make a Facebook page or get a Twitter account. But YouTube requires something extra, an extra step from you. Mm -hmm. And it requires you to put yourself out there in a way that most people aren't willing to do. And because of that, the search pool is much smaller. Yes. So you're actually competing with a much smaller crowd and, and you know, 
much more attentive eyes, I think, than if you were putting your information out there on Facebook or on YouTube, or I'm sorry, on Twitter. So that's why for me, YouTube is really going to become a priority in my business because I think that it, it has a level of visibility that the other social media platforms um, can't provide because they're, they're oversaturated. And then uh, Pinterest is something that I know that I have to get into more, but because I don't necessarily use it personally, that's the biggest challenge for me. Pinterest is absolutely, I think that that's an amazing outlet for almost every single one of our entrepreneurs probably listening. Um, and yet for me, I find it personally to be the biggest challenge to engage. Well, you know, it, it's it's funny that you mentioned sort of there there is kind of a progression in social media. Um, obviously, it's the dumbest thing in the world to start doing them all at one time. And um, I, I hope no one listening is trying to do that. The, the approach that you're mentioning is far more uh, measured and smart because yes. you're starting with your lowest hanging fruit and the ones that you think you'll get the biggest bang for your buck and which are intuitive to you personally. You get right. the most out of those and the other ones can be added on. That's how. That's kind of what I figure. I know that that down the line, Pinterest will be something that I engage. I know mm -hmm. that Twitter will be something that I embrace more, but but I'm definitely going with the things that for me mm -hmm. are the most natural and are the easiest for me to to do first and really to perfect that and grow my mm -hmm. my base that way. Very nice, very nice. I love that, you know, and you, your entire conversation with me has been like a, a litany of tips for success for any maker and handmade entrepreneur. So as we close things out, Stacia, are there any, are there any important things that you feel that makers must embrace in order to be successful that we haven't already covered yet? Like what's, what's your passionate message to get out to inspire people to make their handmade entrepreneurial ventures work? Well, so I think that that at the core of everything, the, the very, very basic thing going into any entrepreneurial venture is that you have to know why you're doing it in the first place. And that's such, it seems like such a basic question, but if you're rooted in that why question, if you know from a personal level why you're doing this, if you know from a, a larger um, perspective, how are you going to serve the world at large? Why are you doing this? If you're really creating a personal mission statement, in essence, um, for for your business venture, then I think everything flows out of that because you can make your business decisions based on, does this support my why? Does this support the core reason that I am doing this particular venture. Um, and so I think that that really will serve your passion. If you are strong about your why, and, and I actually encourage everyone that, that I know that's going into business or even that has a set of personal goals to write it down. Write it down, put it in pictures if that's an easier way for you to do it. If you wanna put it on a post-it on your mirror, whatever way you can can do to actually bring it to a physical, a physical platform for mm -hmm. you. Excellent. Write down your why. Excellent and know advice. It and return to it. What is your why? I love that. What a great way to end today. Now, tell us a little bit about the links that we need to go to. Number one, to vote for you in the Martha Stewart American Made contest, which we have a, another week or so to do. And then also, um, how do we visit your websites? 
Absolutely. So for the Martha Stewart American Maid, you can vote through October 13th. You can vote every single day, six times a day. Um, and the, the best way to do it would be to go to MarthaStewart.com slash American Maid and then search for Handcrafted Honeybee in the search box. That's the easiest way to get to it. And you'll find me. It'll, it'll pop up. And that's the way that you could, could find um, my nomination site. Yes, and, then, and you can watch the video there, too. And there's a link to your website there right under your picture, right? There is, yes. Okay, good. www.handcraftedhoneybee.com. And then for Tehachapi Farm, it's www.tehachapi.com. It's T-E-H-A-C-H-A-B-E-E.com. Excellent. Well, I hope to visit. And like I said, I, you know, we'll, we'll look for the video of your son waving at the farmer's market because he is absolutely adorable. And I think he deserves a raise too, by the way. So. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> we'll play it for him in a few years and then and then he'll enjoy that. Thank you so much for joining us. Stacia Guzzo of the Handcrafted Honeybee and Tehachapi Farms in Tehachapi, California. This was great. It's been so wonderful to talk to you. We'll talk again soon, okay? Thanks, Donna Marie. I really appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Stacia Guzzo. I really do love her methodical approach to social media. It beats getting overwhelmed, and it also beats doing nothing. Neither of those are good routes to take. We have just enough time for our question of the week now. It's from Roberta Perry of ScrubsBody.com in Bethpage, New York. And Roberta says, With all the noise out there in the online world, what are the three marketing tools you use the most to draw people to your website? Well, Roberta, the answer to that question kind of depends on what you sell. So I want to say first that I don't answer this question the same way for everyone. I know that you sell cosmetics like sugar scrubs and lip scrub, and I love how you use the letter Z in all of your product names. That's so creative, and it helps you to stand out in the crowd no matter what social media tools you're using. But for you, that Z is just a very powerful visual thing, and I want you to consider using Instagram. It's a very powerful tool, and I, I know of one company that actually takes orders using the comments on Instagram, so you can do a whole lot with that platform. The pictures there with the filters and apps that you have that are free, most of them, can be manipulated in so many ways that you can also create images that are easy to push to your Facebook page, which is my next recommendation to you, and that's using Facebook. Uh, your business page and your personal page to some extent too, but really focusing on the business page because that's what that's for. And then finally, I think that YouTube is a great tool for you. You have a retail store, you do local markets, your products are in stores like Whole Foods and other retailers around the country. Make some videos and create some channels that make it easy for your retail and wholesale customers to see that your products are there, that your products are wonderful, how they work, and how they need to buy them right away. So those are my suggestions for you. And remember, Roberta, technology and social media, you know, they're always changing, and our businesses are evolving as well. So the recommendations I make today may not be the same ones that I would make uh, a year from now or even six months from now, just depending on how the uh, landscape and the technological world changes. So we all have to be flexible and involved with our businesses and with technology. So, you know, the, the minute we think we have a system all figured out with social media and we never have to, you know, retool it is really the minute our businesses start to die. So keep that in mind. 
um, as a recommendation for today and something that's not set in stone. Thank you so much for that question. It's a good one. And if you have a question you'd like to ask me about small business success, just go to IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash question, or you can just open up this podcast episode at IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash three, scroll to the bottom and send us a question using the audio recording tool there. You can use that on your smartphone as well as online. And we'll link to your website if we use your question in the podcast. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Indie Business Podcast. And if you did, won't you send us some love? Just go to IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash love, and you can let your friends know that you enjoy Indie Business Podcast. We really want to make it useful for you. And if we are, please let us know by sharing. And, you know, if we can improve or if there's something you'd like to see, let us know that too. You can record an audio. You can send us an email. You can use the contact page at our website. You can tweet us. You can do whatever you want. Just let us know what your feedback is. Tell us how we can serve you better. We'd love to hear from you. I'll see you on the next episode of Indie Business Podcast. In the meantime, break all the rules, build your own corporate ladder, and create the life you love.